Welcome to the Swim Swam Breakdown. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges, coming to you today from my mom's house in Columbia, Missouri. We are joined by Swim Swam Editor-in-Chief Braden Keith from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Swim Swam writer Ben Dornan from Ottawa, Ontario. Did you know that Ottawa is the capital of Canada? Capital city. I sure didn't, Braden. Just capital learned that this city. morning. Capital city. <laughs> Uh, Braden informs me that an easy way to think of it is Ottawa is like DC. It is the capital of Canada while Toronto is like New York. It's the, wait, New York's not a capital though. It's the biggest city in the state. Well, in the, man, okay. and Vancouver is Los Angeles. Coleman is really good. We can with all American agree on that. Thanks to practice and pancakes. <laughs> Still got to get him up, up north of the border a little more. <laughs> Never been to Canada to film a practice, and that's why I know nothing about it. Midseason is upon us. Week one of midseasons are starting today, as a matter of fact, for some of the meets. Uh, and I think the bulk of them will start tomorrow. I am most excited for the Tennessee invite. There will be a plethora of good teams there, but we will also get to see them score it like a dual meet. So the five or six teams that are in attendance there, maybe it's even seven, uh, will all be going head to head to head to head to head to head to head, and it will be scored as such, which I think is a super novel way to do an invite because it will affect how many swimmers you can get into A, B, and C finals. Look, I like the idea behind it. I understand the idea behind it. I think it's super complicated. But also, nobody really ever pays attention to dual, to invite scoring, so maybe it doesn't really matter that much. The coaches think that it's going to force people to swim faster in prelims, but whoever doesn't win is still going to come out of it saying, oh, it's just an invite. The, the, the score doesn't matter, so whatever. Um, I am. I, I get that um Tennessee invite has the number one women's team um has a lot of good teams I am going NC State invite the Wolfpack invite as my most interesting mostly because I think we will learn the most at that meet um rele relevant to the NCAA championships you know we know Virginia is going to probably win the women's NCAA title even though the CSCAA made us all vote them number two in this week's poll um spoiler alert uh, the NC state, Stanford, Arizona state are all kind of in that four to seven range. Um, so I think that's interesting. I think seeing what the new looks Stanford women and Claire Curzan look like, I think that makes it interesting to me when you're looking ahead to March, the Wolfpack invite is, I think where we're going to learn the most. I think the Tennessee invite will see at least one NCAA record, though. So if records are your thing, definitely go Tennessee. I'm most excited to watch the Georgia invite. Florida and Georgia are going to be the headliners there, of course, along with Auburn, FSU, and Georgia Tech. I think Georgia and Florida on the men's side are both teams that have obviously been at the top of the NCAA in the past, have produced some of the best swimmers that are currently pros. Um, but I don't think that either of them, either of those programs, the Georgia men or the Florida men, were were peaking last year at all. And I think the two storylines this year are how Georgia is going to do without Jack now that they have two head coaches for one for the men's team, one for the women's team, Jack Bowerly, um, their former head coach. They got off to a pretty good start earlier this season and they've already faced off Georgia and Florida this year. Um, and at least on the men's side, Georgia came out on top. So seeing if Georgia can 
keep up their momentum um, this season will be interesting. Florida side, Josh Leando continuing to race, continuing to stay undefeated if he can. He's he's one of the many people undefeated this season, I'm pretty sure. And he swam at the World Cup, did well there. And then I think he missed a meet that Florida was racing at that weekend when he was in Toronto, but but he'll be back now. On that note, who do you guys think will remain undefeated through midseason? We published an article uh, saying that there are at least 17 swimmers from top 25 teams in the NCAA that are currently undefeated through midseason. Uh, who, who are? Give me a couple of your best picks of who you think will remain in that status through this weekend. I'm going with Maggie McNeil for sure, who is competing for LSU. She's competing at the Art Adamson invite where Texas A&M, Washington State, USC, Alabama. So she'll have, honestly, a surprising amount of stout competition, but I do not think anyone's going to be that particularly close. The Alabama Sprint Corps could challenge her uh, in the 50 or 100 free if that's what she decides to swim. But if she does like 100 fly, 100 back double or something like that, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to get close to her. What about Jasmine Nocentini um, at Northwestern? I think she was probably one of the more surprising names on this list. And she's swimming at the Purdue invite where she's going to see Louisville. But does Louisville have sprinters? They've got Gabby Albiero. They've got, you know, they've got a few sprinters. She could stay undefeated. Gretchen um, Walsh, hard yes. I think Jets. that's one of the easiest ones. Emma Wheels could lose to a teammate, though. She could, but I don't never know what they're going to do. I don't know if I see it. Yeah, a lot of these, it's kind of uh, it's a little misleading because a lot of them are in off events at dual meets where their competition wasn't particularly stout. Casper Stokowski dropped a 420 in the 500 free versus Kentucky. Honestly, that's surprising. I Does he have a third event? Does he swim like the 50 free? I predict he will stay undefeated because he'll only swim backstrokes. Headed on to our next topic, the ISL, which we love talking about on this show. Um, obviously, lately, things have not looked very good for the ISL, uh, given... Given what's happening um, across the pond in Ukraine uh, with the war in Russia, but is this an opportunity for them if they choose to seize it? Uh, Braden, you wrote a pretty neat article about it. What do you think is the ISL going to make a comeback? I think it will. Um, you know, it it from from talking to people through the grapevine, it seems like Ben Allen is pretty much running the show right now there. Um, and he's the new guy, and I think he's got a lot of passion for it. Um, I think he it sounds like he's also sober about the position they're in, um, both financially and trust in the marketplace and all of these other things. Um so I think he understands that that the next season will not be a giant step forward from the last season. He, you know, I don't have a quote from him saying that, but just talking to people who have spoken to him. And again, he hasn't responded to us when we have reached out. Um, I do think he understands that, that it's, it's, he's got to take a deep breath, take a step back and uh, figure out a plan going forward. Um, so I think they'll give it another try. I don't know if it'll be any more or less successful than the last round was, but I do think that they will give it another try. Yeah, Brayden, I, I really like Brayden's article about it. And I think it 
kind of articulated the many problems really well. And one thing that I just can't stop thinking about anytime I think about the ISL is how the streaming is such what I think is such an easy fix. Like I, the ISL started when I was in my undergrad and I was swimming there and I am from Canada. And so every time there was an ISL meet, I was tuned in and I was excited about it because I was writing about it. But all of my teammates, whenever I would say, there's an ISL meet, do you guys want to watch or are you going to watch? They'd say, yeah, how do I watch it? And I would say, well, you have to Google CBC ISL meet for day two and then scroll down in the browser and press it. And that's that's Canada, that's CBC. And I know that the comment section on all of our articles was, does anyone have a link for this country? What VPN are you using? And like, no one in swimming has figured this out. I don't think that FINA has a good streaming system. I don't think USA Swimming does, except for Swimming Australia who has their meets, their high level meets on Amazon Prime and anyone with a Prime subscription, which is anyone in the world right now, can can look up the meet and play it. And I think that streaming is obviously the future of, of content in the movie world and the TV world. And I think it's in, in the sports world too. I think the NFL this season just started putting putting their games on Prime, I think Thursday night, is that a thing? Thursday night football? Mm-hmm. I don't know. One of the nights they put on on Prime. And a few and, college football conferences are signing in streaming deals. Yeah. And at one of the sports that Braden mentioned in his article was Ultimate Frisbee. And I play Ultimate Frisbee less competitively than, than I've ever played swimming. But one of my old teammates is like a high level Ultimate Frisbee player. And, and she had a game and I just looked it up and it was streaming on YouTube. This like this world game, national, whatever thing. And so so I think that there are just so many options for for getting online and the ISL wants 12 year olds and 10 year olds to, to, to tune in and, and 10 year olds and 12 year olds know how to use streaming. They know how to log on to Amazon prime. And, and it just seems so easy if they can get it on a website where you just have to look up ISL and it starts playing the meat. I think that's like, well, it's kind of funny that they haven't, they haven't gone to that model and maybe they just couldn't work out the finances on it, but it, you know, they talk about wanting to be a league And yet their television solution is CBS on air at 11 o'clock in the morning. Like that's their, it's a legacy television solution. Um, And, 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 you know, the, the inability for people to find it is kind of, you know, this, this was an ongoing conversation we had with ISL. We were, you know, we said to them, guys, we talk to the audience. We know what the audience is looking for. The audience can't find it any of it on your website that you know it should be the lowest hanging fruit the audience had to come to us to find out the isl standings the audience had to come to us to find the schedule the mvp scoring the results all of these things that should just fundamentally be part of a sports league's website should be the easiest thing in the world you know if you go to espn.com or nba.com there are 15 different ways to figure out how to watch a game on tv because that's what they want you to do um and so you've got to yeah you've got to clean that stuff up and that's i think that's what's frustrating for us at swim slam it's not it's not that the league didn't work right or whether the league is or isn't going to work it doesn't frustrate us it's when you miss the easiest things to do the things that somebody could have spent 30 minutes doing and they'd be done and they'd be 100 times better that's what frustrates us well i i would post articles after isl meets with like record-breaking posts, world record posts, and I would be putting putting videos from a YouTube channel called Snake Eyes, like and getting <laughs> getting the ad money from those like thousands of views of people watching a world record. Like the yeah. ISL wasn't 
wasn't turning around those 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 highlight videos, which is what people people who can't watch live they want the highlight videos and they want to see Caleb Dressel break a world record. Well, and it's it seemed like they started to get it with the Lily King disqualification because they did post that video and not right away but they eventually did post it and that got a ton of traffic um that was more isl isl traffic than we saw on anything else by a factor of 10 and so i i I think they kind of maybe started to get it there or at least they had a data point that should have allowed them to get it but then ukraine happened and everything went off the rails so um we'll see if they remember that lesson whenever the next season happens Moving on to more short course meters swimming, David Popovich competed at Romanian Nationals. <clears throat> I guess there was other competitors there too. He wasn't swimming by himself, uh, but I, but he was one of the highlights. I am curious as to which swim you were most impressed by by the eighteen year old hundred meter freestyle world record holder. I am. Uh, I'm going to break the rules here, and I'm not going to answer the question because. Uh, to me, the most impressive thing and the thing that people need to pay attention to is the number of records that were broken behind him. Um, all three women's backstroke national records were broken by Isia Prisikariu, whose name I'm definitely butchering. Um, she broke all three women's backstroke national records. She's only 14. The women's 50 breaststroke record was broken. The women's 100 IM record was broken. Like there, he is the front edge of a wave. And we've seen this in other countries. We saw this in Turkey a few years ago. We saw it in Italy before that. But he seems to be the front edge of a wave of young talent that is coming through Romania. Um, And at a short course national championship meet where based on the selection procedures and who they're taking and who they're not taking, it's not clear they were actually putting a whole lot of effort into selecting a world championship team. I think to me, the, the most important thing to pay attention to is the talent behind him because he, you know, he had some good swims, but none of them really shattered the earth the way his long course swims did. Yeah. I think for me, it was probably his hundred freestyle just because that was a national record and the best time he went a 46, 62 in the hundred freestyle, but his other swims were, were fine for where he is right now. I'm sure he's very deep into training in, in, October um 52 6700 fly 53 4700 IM and 343 400 free um those were solid like in season times but just comparing them to world cup swims he wouldn't have been winning those events or shattering any records so um I think it was just good to see that he was racing at home and and I think the fact that he wasn't doing world record breaking swims just shows that he's he's training a lot right now and he mentioned in his interviews that he's going to short course world. So that's definitely going to be his focus for this fall. Um, are we convinced enough by those swims, even if we say, Oh, he's in training, he's in training. Are we convinced enough by those swims that he, to change our opinion that Kyle Chalmers is the heavy favorite um, at short course worlds and Popovici is second, maybe third in that conversation in spite of being the long course world record holder. I'm still Chalmers is my favorite. To right. win the hundred freestyle, yes. Because Matt Richards, the same or a week before Popovich, swam faster in the hundred free, also in heavy heavy training. So, and Popovich kind of said, like, I'm not used to short course meters. I and kind of delicately said, I don't really care about short course meters. Like he's he's a long course world record holder, so I kind of get that. And he kind of said in in some interviews that were in the article, like, this is fun. I'm going to go swim fast at short course worlds, but I'm excited to get into the long pool this this summer. I think I he, think- he has a, a, a 
pretty legitimate shot to win the 200 free depends depending on how much he focuses for short course worlds. But I just don't think the speed and the skills are there in the hundred freestyle. I think he could go 45 mid. I don't think that's going to be enough to beat Kyle. That is our news for the week. And now it's time to play some sink or swim. First up today on sink or swim. I talked to Bella Sims after her two world junior records in 12 minute excursion at the Indy world cup. Uh, she's going to winter juniors. That is their focus meet for the winter fall. And I'm curious if you think that I'm, I'm going over under on this one. Bella Sims breaks 1.5 nags at winter juniors in Austin. The problem is when you start looking through the list of national age group records for um, 17, 18 girls, like it's a staff list. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, it's Katie Ledecky. It's Claire Curzan. It's Reagan Smith. Um, If there is a soft stroke, it's breaststroke, um, which is, I guess, not Bella's best stroke, but like the way the sandpipers work. If she just showed up and swam some breaststroke and broke a national age group record, I don't think we can be like all that surprised by it. Um, and by soft, I mean, there's still, I, I shouldn't even say soft because there's still stupid fast records. Like 57.7 is a hundred breast record by Caitlin Dobler. It's just a record that was swum by somebody who doesn't have like Olympic and world championship gold medals. Um, but it's still a super fast record. So to me, I am going to sink it not because i don't think she's going to have a great meet i just think those records are are stupid fast and i don't i think she could get one like i think she could show up and get the maybe maybe get claire's 100 fly record or maybe get she's not gonna she's not gonna get ledecky's records 49 500 back 140 she's not gonna go 147 one in the 200 back yeah i'm gonna go under I, I think she could sneak in one, but I can't see two. Yeah, I'm going to go under two. I accidentally looked at the um, some of the long course records for this, and I was thinking, like, she just broke two world junior records. How could she not get national age group records? But some of the world junior records were a lot more vulnerable than than the U.S. national age group records mm-hmm. in short course meters because, obviously, Ledecky and Reagan Smith and Claire Curzan weren't racing short course meters when they were breaking those those national age group records. So, and you can also be older and have a national age group record than a world junior record for girls. There's a lot of, a lot of reasons. Yeah. So I'm going to go under two. I'm assuming relays don't count because who knows if they can break, break some relays, those sand. Yeah. I wasn't thinking relays. Uh, and for that reason, I'm going under as well. I think <clears throat> relays, I, I think they have a pretty legitimate shot, especially this 707. And the women's for or the girls 800 free relay that is definitely vulnerable if they throw together their best their best shot. But <clears throat> individually, I thought I would go over before I looked at the list of nags, and then I realized how stout that was. Go Bella, but I got to take the, the safe money on this one. Next up, fans voted for tomorrow Honda's Tuner Fly World Record as the most impressive short course meters record of the season so far do you agree with said fans uh between him katie ledecky's 1500 record and lee bingji's 400 free record uh sink or swim tomorrow honda most impressive record so far sink i think that lee bingji was the most impressive because if lee bingji just did that record 
and then Katie Ledecky didn't race at all, I think that maybe it wouldn't have been. But we saw Liebingji break a record, and then we saw Summer McIntosh and Katie Ledecky go head-to-head, which was an incredible race between those two, and they were clearly both going for that record, and they both wanted it. And then we saw Katie Ledecky break a world record, which the 1500 world record was, was definitely a soft record because Ledecky had never raced it. But she was going fast enough to break a short course world record, and she still didn't go as fast as Li Bingji did. And I know Ledecky... Yeah, but you're comparing Ledecky off uh, in full training versus Lee in, in a taper meet. But was that a taper meet? I don't know. We don't know. Well, it was a championship meet. Yeah. I, mean, yeah, I hate arguing about whether something was a taper meet or not, but it was certainly <laughs> a championship meet and a selection meet. Yeah, I just think that... But I, I mean, Katie Ledecky is one of the best swimmers in history. I think that for Li Bingji to be faster than Katie Ledecky, even when Katie Ledecky is still training and Li Bingji, whether or not she tapered, I think that that's, that's still, still really impressive. It's just the fact that Ledecky was going pretty fast and, and, and her and Summer were, were pretty close to that record. And I think that the fact that Li Bingji racing no one, I'm assuming, I don't know who came second in that race, but I'm she sure she was racing no one. She was racing yeah. no one. Again, uh, more more things I will debate you over whether racing people is actually better. I know people like to say that it is. I don't think it is. Um, I'm swimming it. I think that beating Diaceto's record from a world championship meet by a second and a half is just super impressive. And that was peak Diaceto in, in 2018. Um, he was really grooving. He looked like he would be, you know, maybe take down a Phelps record, blah, blah, blah. I think doing that by a second and a half. I just, I can't ignore that. So I'm swimming that that's the most impressive record. One thing you're wrong about, Peak Diaceto is not 2018. Peak Diaceto is 2024. <laughs> I have to swim that as well. I think the the gravity of him breaking that by that much, I was going to say Peak Dia as well. Uh, he broke the 4IM at ISL the next year. It's like Dia was on one for sure at that time. And uh, for Honda to just come in and totally smash it is can't be ignored speaking of short course meter world records grant hackett is now on the record saying his 14 year old short course meter world record in the men's 800 free will go down at his home short course world championships in melbourne sink or swim hackett's record gets broken so grant hackett his world record is 723 um next closest is yannick agniel 729 Greg Paltrineri is 7.30. He's probably not at his peak in pool swimming right now. He's just taking over uh, open water. Henrik Christensen, 7.30. Federico Colbertado, 7.31. Like, nobody has been close to this record. Um, you know, and I think I think the, the, the way the 800 free long course world record went down in 2008 and the fact that nobody's gotten close to it maybe says something about the 800 free i don't know if if anybody's really come up training for the 800 free now that it's an olympic event but i think that's what it's going to take for this record to go down i don't see florian Welbrock dropping nine seconds and breaking this record i mean he's uh, michaela romanchuk dropping eight seconds and breaking this record it could happen i just i don't see it so i'm gonna sink it yeah i'm gonna sink it too i don't know what Maybe he was just hyping up the meat. I don't know what made him say this, but like the fastest 800 free this season is he was just time. hyping up the meat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was. He was. That's literally his job now, right? He's <laughs> in the administration there. 
I yeah. mean, 735 is, is 13 seconds faster. And obviously no one, if someone's going to break the record, they probably wouldn't have, have gotten near hit this early in the season. But I just don't, I just can't think of anyone who I, who I think is going to be at short course worlds and is going to have a serious chance of breaking that record. So I'm going to think of it. Maybe Logan Fontaine, Logan Fontaine, number one in the world right now. Remember <laughs> the name? I don't know. Maybe. I'm swimming it. I disavow Braden's theory of racing doesn't help break world break world records. I think I the too. Europeans are going to get into a death match. Uh, it'll be Greg, it'll be Michaelo, and it'll be Florian. And one of those three will come out on top by inches at 722.99. Didn't we see them get into a death match at Long Course Worlds and it just, Greg screwed up everybody's race pacing and everybody was kind of slow? I'm thinking of the time when Greg like just sprinted out of lane eight right. and won the mile. That was he wild. went really fast. <laughs> yeah, but he no went one really else fast, did. but nobody else did. So no, like, no, no, yeah, I'm not talking about that. match is going to is going to lead to a world record. I think a death match throws off the pacing in a distance race. Although I am realizing now that Florian Welbrock did break the 1500 freestyle world record at last year's short course worlds. So I don't know, maybe, maybe he, he wasn't in a death match. I think half now, <laughs> half now it was like, like significantly behind him. He went really, I remember oh, half wait, wait, now wait, I so went 14. That he broke a world record without competition. <laughs> Weird. That doesn't mean that every world That's record weird. gets broken oh, without competition. <laughs> huh. well, Deathmatch, European. I, I'm, I'm leading 1-0. So. Next up on Sink or Swim, 13-year-old Delaney Barbie split 21-5, anchoring her 200 medley relay. 21-5, 13 years old. I'm going to just let that seek in for a minute. To further emphasize this point, she's swimming at the Candy Cane Classic this weekend. Uh, her flats. <laughs> That'll be her big take for me. <laughs> My mistake. Her flat start best is 23 7 in the 50 yard freestyle. Sink or swim, she hits 22 5 or better flat start at said Candy Cane Classic. I am protesting this sink or swim um, because I just think people doubting this is silly. I think people are, I think first of all, people are taking it way too seriously, right? Like we never know if relay splits are legit or not. We never, ever know that because they're not entered in official times databases. There's no backup timer on a relay split. So it's always just for fun. Um, and I think, I think it's a ridiculous conversation that like, what kind of a coach what kind of a head coach of a, of a good sized club team is going to set up their best talent for failure by insisting that she's the hit, you know, his watch matched the clock. He says she went to 21, four, 21, five, and then having her show up at her taper meet and go 23, two, like that. No, no coach is going to do that. We get for every one coach that brings us a swim from a 13 year old. We get 10 who say, Oh, I'd really rather not, um, have anybody talk about my 13 year old star swimmer like i'm i'm shielding them from all of that so i don't know um i am protesting this i think she did her 25 21 5 relay anchor i think the preponderance of the evidence says she did we're never going to have an answer because there was no video um but the some of the some of the arguments against it like the 25 free she dove off the wall so i don't think you can use that as a legitimate data point to disprove the 21 5 so you're not sinking or swimming I am not, and I can do that because I'm in charge. <laughs> All right, well, I invented this game. 
I will kill this game if I have to. <laughs> I'm thinking it because I don't think she's been under 24. I, I was um, just looking up her times. I don't think she's been under 24 yet this season after three. three she hasn't swum it this season. Did you read the swim swim article? She has swum it this season. She's raced the 50 free three times in October. She went a 24-9, a 24-4, and a 24-2. Are you sure those aren't splits on the front end of a 100 free? I'm not sure about that, no. Did you look them up in Swim Cloud? Yeah, that's where I found Did them. they have little X's next to them? What? She took her 100 free out in 24s. That's 13-year-olds are crazy, man. I don't have her Swim Cloud open anymore. But I'm still going to sync it. I don't know. I think 23 is the best time. I just I don't think that this is like a situation where her entire life is now going to revolve around the candy cane classic and this is this is like the only thing she's going to think about and she's going <laughs> to become this magical 22 or 21 um 53 so you don't think that a 13 year old can drop 1.2 seconds in a year from a non-taper meet to a taper meet um no she I was 20 think. she was 23 7 Essentially, as a twelve-year-old, sounds like sink, sink it or sink it or swim it, Braden. <laughs> like two weeks after she turned thirteen, or <laughs> I don't know how many weeks—a few weeks after she turned thirteen. One interesting data point is that she had a huge best time in her fifty backstroke at the meet in October, or at this meet, the, the meet that she did this crazy split. She went a twenty-eight thirty-nine, um, and her best time before that was a twenty-nine-three. So. So that kind of leads me to believe that maybe maybe she could in the 50 free. She was a bit slower than her best time in the 100 free. So, you know, the numbers are conflicting. Fine. I'm going to have to do it. I'm swimming it. This is happening. She started this meet wanting to swim because it was her, her little sister just got into swimming and she wanted to go and be there as support. And because she could have thought it'd be cool to swim with her little sister. Um, she got to the end of this meet and she was giving some incentive and she punched the gas. She's going to go 22-5 at the Candy Cane Classic. We should do a live watch along for this. <laughs> candy cane. We should. I'm sinking it. It's gotten too much attention. The media has ruined it for her. The commenters have ruined it for her. Uh, she's going to have too much pressure. She's going to go 22-6. I'm going to shut down Swim Swim if you guys can't stop ragging on 13-year-olds. <laughs> I think I'm I, not ragging on her. I, I'm blaming us. We're the problem. I'm just I, kidding. The commenters are the problem. I'm the problem. Delaney Barbie. I love that name also. Very fun name. That yeah. is a great name. Also, yeah. I think two more years where she could go for Claire Curzan's 2189 national age group record. So are we sinking or swimming that? That's that's not part of the sink or swim. We'll we'll get there when <laughs> we'll get there when she gets to 22.5. Last up on sink or swim. Luca Orlando is now confirmed. Uh, to be getting shoulder surgery. He's out for the remainder of the NCAA season. To be fair, he's not the defending NCAA champion in the men's 200 fly. Brendan Burns of Indiana is, who's a senior this year. But he was just 0.11 away from said 200 fly title. And I'm just curious as to your predictions of who will be winning this year's men's 200 fly at the NCAAs. So let's set the field. Uh, last year, Brendan Burns as a junior, 138.7. Gabe Jett from Cal as a freshman, 140.2. Alexander Colson from Arizona State, 140.9. As a junior, I don't think Mason Wilby came back. Um, is Ivanov finished? Because he was in the B final, but swam like he's. 
Ivanov was a senior. I kind of think he came back. I think um, he did. Yeah, I, so I think it's a two-summer two race. I think it's Brendan Burns and Gabe Jett. I think every everybody else, you can, you can never count anybody out because then you're a hater, you're biased, blah, blah, blah. I think it's a two-summer race. It's Brendan Burns and it's Gabe Jett. Um, I, I think Brendan Burns is 138.7. I think that was close to his best. I think Gabe Jett is on a massive trajectory upward. He hasn't swum the 200 fly this year, right? Didn't we talk about that last week? Um, mm -hmm. I don't think he's raced it this year. So <laughs> maybe they're just going to cede the title to Brendan. Um, <laughs> so it's to me, it's down to can Gabe make up that second and a half gap quickly enough to catch Brendan? I, I think his trajectory is through the ceiling. Um, so I'm going to take Gabe Jett. I'm going to take Brendan Burns just because he is that reigning champion and he's been swimming pretty well this season. Um, and he, he will have a good race against Gabe Jett. And I think that that will definitely propel him forward because racing fast people makes you swim faster. Um, but I think that there are two people that we haven't talked about. And one is Hubert Koch. I don't know how to say his last name. And he is an IMer. He's, he's the, European long course champion in the 200 IM from last year or this year, earlier this year. Um, the freshman that, that's joining Arizona State at the semester. Yeah, he just finished the World Cup and he's going to Arizona. I think now he's not going to, to short course worlds. Um, and I, he's going to swim the 2 IM and the 4 IM and he'll be competitive in those, but I don't fully know what his, his third event will be. And if it's the 200 fly, I feel like he has a good chance. I think his short course time was actually similar to what what Burns swam at the Indiana at the Indiana World Cup. They were around the same when they were both swam it this season. So that kind of tells me that 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 he might that that caught. Do you know how to say it? Coach, coach. I don't know. I it's probably coach. somewhere in between those two things. But um, coach would be the closest yeah. Anglican equivalent. Yeah, he's definitely a butterfly and a backstroker as well. He he races bounty of events um on the on the international stage so so he could be one to watch and his teammate leon marchand you never know what he's gonna race so if he does enter the 200 fly he's raced it <laughs> long and, and has had success so i don't know maybe they're gonna start training the 200 fly together the 200 ims and and one of them will enter it and and could could cause some chaos but i think considering that's an unknown i'm gonna go with burns as he's the the reigning champion and yeah, you so guys are haters because you don't talk about everyone. So I'm talking about everyone. NC State's Aiden Hayes. He was 14th last year as a freshman. He was 140.6 in prelims. I think he's going to have a massive drop. He's going to he, he's going to give Gabe Jett and Brendan Burns a run for their money because in the end, it's all about who can perform at the end of the meet. And I think you can't NC call State me an Aiden Hayes hater because I picked mastered. him to win the 100 fly preseason. <laughs> Did you? you can't call me a hater. Wow. <laughs> I either picked him or I said he's like my upset special. I don't remember which. Nice. Uh, all right. Well, that's the breakdown for this week. That is your week's news and swimming. And tune in every week to the Swim Swim Breakdown to stay up to date on your swimming news. Thank <laughs> you.